Imagine, uh, imagine for a moment that you are signed up for a big adventure. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? You don't know much about it, only that someone said that it would be life-changing. The day for this experience is quickly approaching, and you're about to have an orientation session, right? If you're like most people, you've got questions. You're, you're a little anxious about this. You, you want to know, like, what, what, do I, what do I need to pack? What do, uh, I want to know the specifics. Like, it's all based, like, what's next? What are we looking forward to? As we have been exploring the gospel of Matthew this year together so far, we've, we've discovered that, that Matthew wants us to hear an invitation to, to follow Jesus and change the world together. This is the adventure of all adventures. Right now, maybe it will help us to think, okay, so like what's next? We need an orientation session. And lucky for us, that's exactly what happens in Matthew's gospel next. Right, as we have all these questions, where do we begin? What, what do we do? What is this adventure going to look like? What does it look like to lead a life following where, where God leads? What's next? And Jesus says, you know what, come, come with me up this mountain, and we're going we're gonna to sit down, or at least a large hill, if you've been, been to the Holy Land. And he says, I'm going to teach you some things you're going to need to, you're going to want to know for the path that lies ahead. We're going to look at those words today or begin to look at those words today. Let's pray. Holy God, just open us to, to what you'd have to say to each one of us. Through these words, beyond these words, may your spirit speak to our hearts. May we be moved to know your divine presence in these moments together. May we be inspired to share the love you offer us in Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have a question before we dive into Jesus' words together today. Um, how many of you like to bowl? Raise your hand if you like to bowl. How many of you have been bowling? Okay, that's a better question. How many of you have been, been bowling? I like bowling. I don't do it all the time, but, um, but when I go, I have a good time. And I can't speak for everyone, but when I bowl, I often go into the bowling alley thinking that, that my goal needs to be just to keep my ball out of the gutters. Anyone else? Like you go and you're like, I just, I just want to keep my ball out of the gutters. Well, here is something that I actually know to be true. And, uh, and that I think all of us keep it out of the gutter, people, we need to know. Right? To really enjoy bowling, we have to stop worrying about the gutters and focus on the head pin. Like, you're going to have a lot more fun if you stop worrying about the gutters and you roll that ball as best you can toward the, toward the head pin. Because if you're just worried about the gutters, your ball's going to go everywhere. But if you aim at the head pin, you might not hit it every time. But that one time that it rolls down and it hits the head pin and all the pins fall down, then you get to experience the joy and do your bowling dance. <laughs> right? Let me invite you to just hold that image in mind. Not necessarily the bowling dance, but the, the, the idea of bowling. As we... Uh, 
as we hear the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount today. This is Jesus' first teaching in Matthew's Gospel. I'm going to read it first in the NIV. We're actually going to look at different translations today, but this is the NIV. It says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We've, uh, we've mentioned several times in the last few weeks that Matthew was writing to a primarily Jewish audience. His audience, upon hearing these words of Jesus and, and, and hearing this story of, of what Jesus did, taking his followers up the mountainside, would immediately cause this Jewish audience to think of somebody else that went up on the mountainside. Does anybody guess who that is? Moses. Right? It would have immediately recalled to them the, the story of Moses in the Old Testament. Moses, he goes up the, the mountainside and he receives the Ten Commandments, the laws, and then he goes back down to the people to, to present them. This time, however, Matthew tells a, a story that would, would make these alarm bells go off. This is, this is just like Moses, only this time Jesus takes his followers with him up the hill to sit in the divine presence. And then notice what Jesus gives them first isn't a set of rules. What Jesus gives them first, it's not a set of rules. It's a set of blessings, happy attitudes, as, as one commentator calls these. They have the rules already. Moses, Moses brought those. If we think about this, speakers are, are taught when you're addressing an audience that they need to say what they want people to remember or, or, or sort of hook them in in the first couple of minutes. After that, people who are listening kind of drift in and out. Some of you are already drifting in and out. It's okay. Like we speakers, we know this. We're, you, you drift in and out. That's why I gave you the bowling image. You're just going to hold on to that. And you're like, when that comes back up, I'm, I got to know what, where, where we're headed with that silly bowling image, right? I sometimes wonder if Jesus knew this when he was speaking to audiences. In fact, I'm pretty sure he, he had some idea of this. Because, because in some places, he says what he's going to say, and then he kind of expounds upon it. He gets to the point. In other places, he tells a parable. And then he, he lets that build. Whatever the case is, Jesus starts the Sermon on the Mount. In this case, he gets, he gets right to it. 
He begins by sharing what we've come to know, or you'll hear called the Beatitudes. The first thing he offers, blessings. Or as N.T. Wright translates it, wonderful news. He says, the first thing Jesus shares is wonderful news. This wonderful news is going to be the basis of everything that follows. Jesus is like, pay attention to this. This is, this is the way. I want you to hear this, this wonderful news, this vision of what the kingdom of God is going to be like. This is, this is the adventure we're on. This is what you are going to be able to experience. This is the kingdom you're longing for, says Jesus. I, I know it, it's hard right now, and I know there's persecution out there right now, and, and this, this way it's not going to be easy, but this is the wonderful news of, the, of what you're going to experience ahead. And the thing is, as Jesus begins to share this wonderful news, it's, it's probably not what everybody else who has been focused on those laws of Moses, so focused on those laws of Moses, it's probably not what they seem to think. The leaders of the people of God at this time, what, what we know as the Pharisees, they have been focused on those rules. And they've been so focused on, on the rules and getting it right and who's in and who's out based on those rules and on, on politics and who has the power and how the rules fit with, with how they're interacting with Rome. And all of that focus on the rules has led only to more suffering and more difference between the haves and the have-nots and more corruption in the temple and more division even among the people of God. It caused people to completely miss God's point of the law in the, in the first place, the way of experiencing God's loving kindness and building the kind of kingdom that God desires for God's people. So God sends Jesus, and he invites his followers, those willing to seek another way, and his teaching begins not with, the, not with the rules repeated. You know, you're not following these. You need, to, you, need, you need to hear these again. Instead, Jesus says, no, let me, let me reintroduce you to the way, the way of, of blessing. In Jesus' time, right, people thought that the way to the good life, the way to, to happiness was control and advancement and financial security and, and who you know and safety and, and winning and being liked or, or living without creating waves. Does it sound familiar? And Jesus begins to teach and he turns it all upside down. He says, no, the fulfilled life that you're looking for, it comes in another way. Let me, let me show you. This is Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of this message from Jesus. He says it this way. He says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what's most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. 
no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind, and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are, your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you or discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close to comfort and that they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even for though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds. And know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. We may want to hear that this way of blessing, it, it doesn't promise it's going to be easy. Jesus says, it, it, when you live this way, when you, when you seek real justice in the world, when you care for the, the poor, when you, when you live by the, by the way of my kingdom, people are going to persecute you and they're, gonna, and they're not going to return the love that you're trying to, to give. But he says, to his followers, that those who faithfully follow this way, man, it's going to be incredible. What you're going to experience is, is richer than any, any challenge that, that comes along the road. And he says, this isn't just a future promise. Like, don't just think that, that we have to wait and wait, and, and the kingdom of heaven is, is only coming like after we die. In fact, if we look really closely at these promises, if you look at verse 3 and verse 10, the, essentially the first and the eighth of the Beatitudes, what comes after verse 10, we, we often think of as, as kind of building out the, the last one. If we look at those two, we'll notice that they're both in the present tense. Most of the blessings say that, you know, when you live this way, this will happen. This blessing will happen. But the, the third verse and the tenth, the first and the last of these promises they say the kingdom of heaven is present tense, available to those who live in this way, available now. There's a, a saying, a quote, maybe, maybe some of you have seen this, it gets used in different ways. It's attributed to different authors, um, sometimes to the Talmud, which is, the, uh, which is the, essentially the commentary that includes the Old Testament for, uh, for the Jewish teaching and, and people. Wherever it originates, this is what the quote says. It says, we don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. 
Let me say that again. We don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. Jesus invites his followers to see the kingdom of God as children of God, knowing their identity as children of God. That's who we are. The Beatitudes, the the very beginning of his teaching says how claiming this identity and claiming this way will change what we see because it will alter who we are. Right? What the world sees as failure, as weakness, as, as worthless, as weak, as powerless, we will see the places where God's kingdom is breaking in. And we'll see this as we, as we offer ourselves to God, as, as we live by these values that Jesus' very teaching begins with. You see, the Beatitudes, these, these blessings, like they're a way of inviting us to echo the promises of God in our very lives. Not rules, but an invitation to a, to a way. You are invited to echo these promises of God with every word and every action of your life. The way of blessing, it doesn't begin but with making sure that everyone else is following God's rules. The way of blessing begins by setting our own hearts right. There's a place for rules, absolutely. Right, the bumpers on the lane, they keep us from throwing the ball into other people's lanes. Right? But the way of Jesus, humility, Love, grace, this is the headpin that we're aiming for. Right? And we may not hit it every time, but if we'll keep, if we'll keep throwing our lives at the headpin, we're gonna hit it sometimes and experience that blessing of joy and be able to do our bowling dance as we recognize that that's where God's kingdom is breaking in, embodying this way with our everyday lives. So let me just invite us to ponder these blessings one more time. This is sort of my words as an amalgam of several sources. If you want to know all the sources I I drew from, I'm happy to share those, but I just invite you to hear these blessings. Wonderful news for those that know they can't make it on their own, who realize the only way through is to trust God, for God is bringing us into his kingdom. Wonderful news for those who mourn the brokenness and injustice of the world, who see their own sin in it and sincerely desire change. For God will forgive us and restore us to the life God intends for us. Wonderful news for those that don't push their way to the head of the line, who think the world belongs, to, who don't think that the world belongs to them, or it is that it is up to them to enforce God's way. For we will see our role as stewards of God's grace and gifts. Wonderful news for those who hunger and thirst for justice, 
who desire to do the will of God, to see it lived out. For we will long for nothing and more deeply come to know our God who promises that justice. Wonderful news for those who are confident enough in God that they don't always have to be right or argue and demand what they think they deserve, but instead have generous attitudes that reveal God's love and mercy. For we will better know God's mercy and forgiveness of us. Wonderful knows who deeply desire to live the life God wants for them. God will pull back the curtains and reveal God's self to us. Wonderful news for those that make reconciliation and peace a way of life who recognize that personal revenge and retaliation and a, and a spirit of war, they're at odds with the very image of God in Jesus. For we will see a path to peace and reconciliation and claim our identity as children of God. Wonderful news for those who love as Jesus loves, who humbly seek to do what Jesus would do, yet experience persecution or abandonment for their sincerity. For God is bringing us into his kingdom, confident in the loving grace of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. This is wonderful news, this way of blessing offered to us from Jesus. Wonderful news offered to you, to all of us. Amen.